I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How much should I spend on a car? That's a very common question. I always get questions, should I buy a new car or a second-hand car? Should I get finance from the dealer, a car loan from my bank? a personal loan or take it from my mortgage. Sometimes people weirdly ask me this old-fashioned concept, should I pay with saved cash for a car? That's really weird. I wanted to unpack this today because one of the common themes that we get in the Facebook group is around cars and car purchases and people wanting to get ahead financially, but also worrying about what type of car they're going to get and what type of loan they should get. Now, again, I'll start off by saying, I don't mind whatever you do, just be informed, make the right decision. And if you could take some advice from me, just make sure you at least take into consideration this main rule of thumb. And that is don't have more than 50% of your annual take-home income in stuff with motors. If you earned $80,000 per year, you know, you're, you've left university, you've got your first government job or something like that. Your net annual income, which is after tax, could be around $60,000. You would want to make sure that the absolute max that you spend on a car, motor vehicle, boat, motorbike, anything that's going down in value would be no more than $30,000. That's a really good rule of thumb. I generally say as well, just as a loose, loose rule of thumb, if you are hell-bent on getting a loan for a car, don't have more than 1% of your net take-home income per month going to a car repayment. So, for example, if that, and this is very loose, don't email me and say that it's, you know, you didn't annualize it or you did annualize it, whatever. If you earn $60,000 per year as a net take-home income after tax, don't have more than $600 per month as a car payment. Okay. Now, I don't think it's worth having a car loan if you can't claim the repayments or a portion of the repayments or the depreciation on tax. You might have, and I'm not going into it this episode, but you might have the option to use a novated lease through work. That's a whole different scenario. I'm not going into it on this episode. Also, I believe the absolute sweet spot for a car is within, you know, three to four years old, Japanese make, so you might be your Toyotas, your Mazdas, and under 60,000 kilometers on the clock. I think that position there will be your absolute sweet spot. If you can, buy privately with cash. The reason why car yards, they're not running a charity, right? Yes, there is a statutory three-month warranty if you buy from a car yard, but you're paying extra anyway. So, is it worth taking the risk to buy privately? And if the alternator goes, you know, two weeks later, just get it fixed and you're still ahead. I don't know. And the reason I say that, I was looking at a car, um, it was a private sale and I was watching it on, because it's funny, as a hobby of mine, like some people do with homes and and the domain and the real estate app, I have the car sales app and I save cars and I just follow like my dream cars and stuff like that. I was watching this car the other day and I was watching it for months and it was for sale for $42,000 and 
it just disappeared. And then I saw it pop back up at $49,000 from a car yard. So, he's obviously traded it in. He wouldn't have got $42,000 for it. It would have been probably thirty-two to thirty-five from the car yard. We know that buying from a car yard, you will pay more, okay? It might be convenient if you're going through their finance and all that. That's fine. But as a rule of thumb, I believe paying cash privately will be your absolute best. And go with your gut. Like if you're looking at a car and it looks like a heap of crap, but it's a good price, it probably is a heap of crap. I just purchased a $13,000 Volvo. Uh, it's an S60. And actually that car that was for forty two, that was a Volvo that I was looking at. So, I know I wanted that shape. I scratched that $42,000 itch with a $13,000 car that I've paid cash with. I would have paid cash for the $40,000 one anyway. But I'm just saying, if you are trying to scratch that itch, see if you can do it with cash, not with a loan, for a lower amount. And I'll send you over to the episode on the My Millennial Money podcast. It's episode 204, where we talk about a live case study with Asher, who does the voiceovers on that show. But this car, right, it was private. It was, and it's nine years old, okay, and I've got the money to take the risk and, you know, it's an old car and you know, it might break and it might be expensive. That's fine. But if you just need your first car or whatever and you're a commuter and you need to zip around, yeah, three-year-old Toyota if you've got the money, okay? But I really wanted this type of car. It's uh, a bit old school luxury. It's the current shape that I wanted. It was cheap. There's not a scratch on it, okay? It was on for 17. Then it went down to 15. I paid 13. It was, I think, the third owner very low Ks, like 90,000 Ks for a nine-year-old car. I've got an absolute steal. I'm ranting to say you don't have to run to a car yard and get the brand new car. I've done that before. I almost got more joy out of buying this secondhand car for really cheap, okay? Let's just move on now. And this is a bit of a rant podcast because it comes up so much. And I actually put it on Instagram because a lot of people, they want to buy their first home, okay? And I put it on Instagram. Hey, first home buyers who got their home, did you have a car loan when you were saving for your property? It flo- it's floating between 75 to 80%, okay? So, what that means, if you are serious about saving for a home, you will have a higher chance of getting into that home if you drive around in a car that you pay for with cash without a loan. It's as simple as that. Cause and effect. If you want to get healthy, you've got to stop eating McDonald's three times a week, okay? If you want to get healthy, you've got to walk. As simple as that, cause and effect. If you want to buy a home, do what most financially savvy people do. And the data says here that on balance, up to 80% of the sample size did not have a car loan when they were saving for their first home. Now, the reason why I'm crapping on about this today, and I'm going for a little bit longer, there's been some young people, and probably people who are listening to this, shout out, how are you, who have put a question in the Facebook group about buying a brand new car when they're 19 years old, working a starter job for their career. It would just be like running a marathon with anchors on you. If you want to win financially, start lean, start without car debt, and pump your savings. If you absolutely love cars and you want to get a loan to buy something that's radical, please see if you can save up and scratch the itch with cash. And it's almost to the point, conceptually, if you can't pay for that car over there with cash, 
you can't afford it. A saying that I liked was, and I think I stole it from Dave Ramsey. I've been listening here for like 10 years. Um, the rich ask how much, the poor ask how much per month. And in fact, it's getting worse in car yards. They always quote now weekly. So, the poor will ask how much per week because I think a definition of being wealthy and well-off is not living week to week and not actually knowing when it's payday. So, I just really encourage you to try and change your mindset around brand new cars when you're in your early 20s to set yourself up to win. There was another girl, shout out, how are you? She put up in the Facebook group, my parents want me to buy a brand new car. Now, I wrote in there, tell your parents to bugger off. Unless they're paying for half of that bloody car or are paying for it, tell them to get stuffed. And I say that in a fun, nice way, okay? And a lot of this is, I honestly think nowadays cars are so much more reliable and you can't use that debate that a new car is more reliable because if you've got a three-year-old Toyota Corolla, and I put a, a link up of this exact type of car in the Facebook group, you can get it for under 20 grand, okay? Three years old, less than 60,000 Ks, that car would probably still have warranty. And like, for example, I'm getting a bit nerdy car talk. Those cars don't even have timing belts anymore. They're timing chains. As time goes on, that you need to buy a brand new car so it doesn't break it's actually a joke. It doesn't exist anymore. Cars would not have a seven-year warranty if they couldn't last five to seven years. It would not be profitable for the car manufacturer. I know growing up, you know, when I was five years old, there'd be more cars broken down on the side of the road than there are today. There's less chance of you actually breaking down in this day and age. So, I just really want to encourage you to pay as little as possible for your car and if you can, pay with cash. Another thing I did on Instagram, I asked people what their little tips were and I'll just read some of them and I just asked people, what are your thoughts or wisdom about cars? Stephanie said cash. Jazz says, buy a second-hand car from dealership for 10K or under. Do a one to three year loan and pay it off quick. Yeah, if you are getting a loan, I would probably suggest to definitely take it under four years and definitely no residual or balloon. If you walk into a car yard, they'll say, yeah, it's uh, $103 a week or whatever, but it'll be over five years. Um, the Empty Uterus, which is a cool Instagram page for uh, female reproductive health. She says, direct transfer from savings to seller in single complete transaction. So, that's obviously a cash buyer. Sam says, cheap with cash. I don't want to be in debt at my age. Candace says, I bought my motorcycle using salary sacrifice. So far, so good. Again, this speaks to different situations. If you can get salary sacrifice, if you work for a charity or the government, it may stack up. Uh, There's an episode over on the My Millennial Money podcast for that. Uh, Michael says cash. Road Trippin says ride a push bike. Slammer says cheap with cash. Todd, I think his name is, says uh, cheap. Thomas Stockwell, what up? Uh, He says bought a crap car with $1,000 while he saved for 12 months for the car that he wanted. Brett said don't borrow money to pay for a depreciating asset. So, again, there is a lot of information out there and like anything personal finance, it is personal and your situation is different. And again, I don't know if I've said it already, Vince Scully says buy the cheapest car 
your ego can afford and he runs a cool website called Life Sherpa so check that out. Hey, I just want to encourage you if you are saving for a house or you are saving for something, keep away from car debt because you will, as the data says, 70 to 80% of people bought their first home without car debt and it's cause and effect. Hey, this has been a cool chat. I've got a little blog about car stuff. Just Google Glenn James, how much to spend on a car and yeah, don't do anything dumb. Slow down, use your brain, it'll all be okay. P.S. I love cars. Okay, bye. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on get help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Getter Proprietary Limited, trading a sort your money out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689.